2: The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta.
1: Yes, Kristen.
2: It has been one week since we lived by the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning. And you know what that means.
1: It's time for a By the Book mini-episode. Yes!
2: That's right. It's time for another by-the-book epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning, how to free yourself and your family from a lifetime of clutter by Margareta Magnuson.
1: But before we get to this week's responses, we have to do some housekeeping. We have announcements. Yes. First of all, we would like to welcome our new production team to the show and also... Say goodbye to someone very special, Nora Ritchie
2: yes, nora we're we we love you so much there There are tears rolling down our faces right now, mm-hmm. Nora, thank you for all you have done over the past two seasons to make our show fabulous, from booking outstanding guests to singing our theme song to telling us to stay on track <laughs> when we were going off the rails during recordings. You are truly a gem, and we wish you the best with your new kick-ass full-time producing gig Mm -hmm. with Unladylike, a show we love.
1: You're still going to hear Nora's work on Unladylike, and we're going to listen to it so hard. Yes. Yes. But also that means we have to introduce you to some new people, or like sort of new people. Yay, 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 yes. First of all, Daisy Rosario, and you may have heard her name before. She's also our executive producer, and we say her name in our closing credits. Now she is also doing some hands-on producing with us because apparently she's a glutton for punishment, but we're (laughs) grateful.
2: Yes, and we're also joined by the great Brandon Nix. We are so excited. He is brand new to the team. We love him already. Oh my God, you cannot see it, but his smile, his he's giving us us right now his smile is is like
1: a ray of light wow someone has some very good toothpaste
2: yes and he is bringing some joy to this show for everybody who's listening so thank you so much daisy and brandon for being a part of the team we hope it's not too painful
1: for you that's right uh next announcement Kristen, this one's exciting. Yes, it is. We are having a contest. Contest, whoa, whoa, whoa. contest, 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 contest. contest, contest. contest.
2: <laughs> yes, we are still celebrating the release of How to Be Fine. And this time of year, we were supposed to be on a book tour. That's not happening for obvious Mm-mm. reasons. But that doesn't mean you can't participate In a little book tour replacement celebration, we are having a little contest. All you have to do is take a photo of yourself or of your pet reading our book or listening to it in a place that makes you feel fine. It could be your favorite chair, it could be under a tree in the park, it could be basically anywhere.
1: That's right. Take that picture. Post it on Instagram with the hashtag howtobefine. And on September 15th, we will randomly select a winner to receive an original dog-eared, note-riddled copy of one of the books that we've lived by for By the Book. And uh, it'll also be signed by both of us, of course, because we love you and why not?
2: Once again, that is the hashtag howtobefine. Post that photo on Instagram or you can also do it on Twitter. Totally up to you.
1: That's it for our announcements. So let's hear some listener responses, please.
2: Yes, let's start off with just a general response about the theme of our season. Jenna says, I'm so glad you're doing a whole season about Hearth and Home. I have felt trapped in my house for months, and I hope that the books you live by will help give me a fresh perspective and maybe even a new appreciation for my four walls. After your first book, I can sense that this may very well be the case.
1: I hope so too, Jenna, because I think we all need that, right?
2: Oh my gosh, yes. And fun fact, we came up with the idea of hearth and home being our seasonal theme even before COVID.
1: (laughs) You know what, Kristen? I think it's because you're psychic. (laughs) I'm sorry, you came up with it. I don't know what to tell you. I just wanted to do
2: something that involved action and not just looking inward. Right, right.
1: You know? Right, no, that's true. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and and it just so happens that it corresponds with uh, international pandemic events. So right. there it's, you go. It all works out.
1: <laughs> uh, let's move on because this was super interesting. We heard from a lot of people who wrote in basically saying, oh, my gosh, I'm living by this book right now, which is yes. sort of rare. We don't get that very often. Yeah. Holly says, after listening to the podcast today, I just found out I have spent my whole summer gently Swedish death cleaning my parents' house with them. I have gone through every single box in the garage, all the closets. They have a large suburban home. I don't want to get stuck with all the work when they die, so we're doing it all together, and I get to hear all the funny stories about everything. And bonus, it's motivated me to keep my own place cleaner and chuck out anything of mine I no longer use.
2: Oh, that's so great. My favorite part of that, Holly, is the fact that you're hearing funny stories about everything. That's like, I have to say, when Dean and I were, were working on this, that was the greatest joy, like learning about his mm-hmm. crystal magic wand and you know all well, the other stories in his life. It was really fun. I was fun.
1: just thinking about that the other night, just still thinking about being given a key at 21 and being like, was I not welcome before? I don't know. Like, I have a lot of thoughts and questions still about everything involving that. And I love that I learned a new thing.
2: Yeah. That's one of the joys of doing this kind of Swedish death cleaning with someone you love. All right. And speaking of which, Lisa has this to say. Okay, my family does this sticky note thing just by chance. It is intended to avoid hard feelings later. My grandparents had 12 kids. I have seven kids. I also don't want to stick my kids with a huge job. I got stuck with cleaning my dad's place. It was a long distance that I had to travel. I didn't have enough time. It was sad. I didn't want to do the same thing and leave my friends and family a mess.
1: The sticky note thing is actually genius. My grandpa does this thing because he's sort of got like an old Italian man vibe where he has like a bunch of rings on his fingers and he'll like point to different (laughs) diamonds and say like, who's going to inherit it? And it changes every time I talk to him. And I'm like, I wish we just put a sticky note on every one of his fingers and figured it all out.
2: But while several people admitted that they were already living by the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning, a few people wrote in to say they do not agree with the premise of the book. This is not for them.
1: Right. Diana said, I am not in agreement with the overall premise behind this type of before death cleaning. While given a choice, I understand that many people would rather not go through a deceased relative's old things. But being forced to do it is cleansing on a spiritual, emotional, and even physical level. It allows those left behind the chance to remember and to mourn. I say this as someone who's had the privilege to help clean out homes after death and felt it was very special. Perhaps there's a space for death cleaning doulas to help with this process. Mm. That's
2: a really interesting point, Diana. I mean, I will say when my nana died um, and when my mom died a year and a half later, Mm. as painful and terrible as it was, it was comforting to be able to be with my aunts, with Mm -hmm. my sister, to actually touch each item, to tell stories together. So um, I can see what you mean, Deanna, but I think one thing I really appreciate is that my mom was such a minimalist that it's not something we had to do for weeks or months at a time. It's something we did Mm -hmm. for like 48 hours.
1: Yeah, I've only had the experience uh, moving relatives while they're still alive, Um, but in hoarder situations. And I tend to have a lot of friends who've also had to clean out situations like that. And in that case, I feel like it's totally different and just such a huge burden and often expensive.
2: Mm, Yes, we didn't even talk about that. The cost can be huge.
1: Right. But I also feel like there is something to say about the physicality of like getting together as a group and physically doing a task. It, it, it is a nice sort of physical representation of what, what you're going through emotionally. So I agree, but also sometimes I don't agree, which is sort of the story of my life.
2: Well, while not everybody likes the idea of death cleaning, a number of you out there say that you wished your loved ones had done a death cleaning when they were still alive. We got over 100 responses from people who said that.
1: For Mm -hmm. example,
2: Misty says, my dad saved Everything. He lived in this big country house by himself. He died due to an explosion in his room. So on top of all the clutter, there was dust and debris. I had no idea he had saved so many items from our childhood. My sisters were taxed with going through the majority of it because I live on the other side of the country. But I helped with the beginning. It was so much junk. The whole process was so sad and so exhausting.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's sort of what the hoarder sitch is like, where it's also just so depressing.
2: Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, th- that is sadly, though, so much of America. I feel like we live mm-hmm. in such a consumer society totally. that people have garages just filled with stuff they never look at. And, yeah. I mean, that was one of the steps in the book. Like, you know, Jolenta, Hit you don't spaces, have that issue. You don't see <laughs> yeah, right. you, you, don't, you don't have that issue. But um, as I was confessing, I have that issue. And I've mm-hmm. only lived in this apartment for two years. And, you know... All of our closets were filled with things, those plastic bins filled with things. Don't get me started. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I I think not even just pack rats have that issue. I think a lot of us, just because we're in America, have that issue. Yeah.
1: And the second things are out of sight, they are truly out of mind, and they accumulate so much faster than we realize.
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Uh, the next letter we got is from Zazie, who says, I recently had to help my dad move out of our old family home. He and my mom divorced a few years back, so the house was also still full of family things. For my sisters and I, it was eye-opening, and we discovered maybe more than we wanted to know about our parents and their relationship. We are now healing from what we've learned. I can't help but wonder... What if I'd learned this after my dad's death instead of while he's still alive? Would it have ruined my memories of my dad instead of now having an opportunity to try and rebuild that relationship? It's definitely something to think about.
2: Mm, Zazy, yeah. I mean, Jolenta, you and I were kidding around about what kinds of things people mm, will find mm-hmm. out about us. Like, oh, yeah. look, it's naughty love letters. Like, oh,
1: Jolie, like, sexted and, like, somehow <laughs> fucking kept it like a perv. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there's... There's some crazy stuff that people find that, that like, sort of will change your view of a person after they die. And so it is interesting to do it beforehand and, like, have a chance to rebuild. Also, I am just – I would be lying if I didn't admit I'm so distracted right now theorizing about what they found in my yeah. mind. Like, I'm so curious.
2: I'm curious, too. I will say that in um – um One little corner of my step-family, I will not say what Mm -hmm. side of my family, step-family, because there have been multiple remarriages, Mm. Um, there was one member of the family who did at one point find out that she was in the second family, that her dad had another primary family, and she didn't know it. Wow. Dad was a traveling doctor.
1: Oh, right. And –
2: and found out after he died that Ugh. she was the daughter in the um second family, oh my God, the first family didn't know about Wow. So I don't know, Zazie if that's the case with your family. I just feel like there's a lot of stuff
1: having such a sort of upheaval on how you see your life or your upbringing, like it definitely helps to do that, I think, while you have time to process it with the person. I'm not sure,
2: yeah, I mean, there's every family has its secrets, right?
1: For sure. While we think about that, let's just take a quick break. And when we come back, we are gonna hear some questions and some comments for us specifically and how we lived by the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning. So stick around.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
2: We are back with listener responses to the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning, specifically for you and for me, Jolenta. Let's start with some comments for you and those kick-ass organizational skills you have. Mm -hmm. Let's start with this voicemail.
1: Jolenta. So you just completely went past the fact that you turned clothes back into thread into baskets. Where's our tutorial on this?
2: And when are you going to make an entire podcast just about the crafts you do?
1: There are no tutorials. I made it up, but I guess I yeah. could make up a tutorial. <laughs> it would be a lot of, like, try this and undo it halfway and freak out your husband because he gets scared when you undo projects and then redo it better. And then, <laughs> like, force your husband to give up a shirt because you need more thread that he didn't necessarily want to give up but was going to give up soon. <laughs> um, but you know what? If people want to learn, like, I'll consider, I'll consider making it. A tutorial.
2: <laughs> I think people would love that. They would love that. I mean, JoLanka. I do need especially... more things
1: to do uh, in, in this day and age.
2: Well, if you don't want to do a tutorial, if nothing else, please post those photos. I so will. Can see I will. Them.
1: I will. You know, we gotta like dole out our pictures piecemeal. We can't give it to you all at once. Got lots of picture <laughs> demands for this episode, but yes, I will definitely post a picture of the Brad skit. It's in use. There's some fun stuff in it. So check our Instagram at by the book pod. Obviously, yes.
2: Now, Dolenta, you also got props from Christina. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Props on your oh, prop no. table. Yes. <laughs> Stop me. I'm too good today. (laughs) Props on your prop table. (laughs) Christina and several other people wrote in to say, I loved Jolenta's reference to her past as a stage manager in this week's episode. I'm a stage manager in Portland. Ah. Currently unemployed, obviously. And love a shout out and a well-labeled prop table.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you just stage managers in general for everything you do. Um, And thank you to all theater people for hanging in there during this time. I know it's hard to not have live performances when it is your lifeblood. So I'm glad we can distract you with our silly prop table audio diaries.
2: Yeah. And I got to say, people who do stage management are such unsung heroes. Mm. Nobody watching a play ever thinks about them. Like so much of what they do is so thankless. And so, you need it. Christina, like you need thank those you. lights
1: to change. You need that sound cue. Otherwise, they're never getting that phone call with that news that pushes the story along. Also, <laughs> yes. stage managers literally always have a Band-Aid on them and probably a tampon. They're your best
2: <laughs> friend. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Uh, Moving on, we got a lot of shout outs for community building the way Kristen did during COVID. Marie says, Kristen, like you, we had to discover new ways of giving away our stuff during COVID. As it so happened, our local used bookstore announced that they were still having to pay rent in the lockdown and that they were struggling, but also that they could deliver books to our door and take donations instead of the usual trade. We donated a bunch of our stuff to the store and also bought great summer reading books. The experience was definitely community building for us.
2: Oh, that sounds great. It's probably way better than me stuffing uh first editions of The Joy of Sex and How to Be a Real Person into people's unsuspecting free little libraries. <laughs>
1: Again, the original copy of The Joy of Sex is a is a miraculous coffee table book. I do not know why you gave it away. That's on oh, you.
2: Somebody in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn right now is cringing. Right. Right?
1: <laughs> or like really enjoying
2: themselves. <laughs> Now switching gears, Jolenta, we had several people write in about you and your health. Here's Mm -hmm. one of the letters. It's from Emily. She says, Jolenta, I just wanted to say thank you for being open and real about your struggle with lupus and your autoimmune disorder. And I can relate. I also have a face rash due to a hormonal condition. It's very painful and embarrassing. I actually listen to this podcast while doing skin treatments that are quite uncomfortable and time-consuming, and it makes me feel so much better. Thank you, both of you, for all your hard work, and I can't wait to see what else Season 7 has in store. P.S. I cannot wait to see your new buzz cut, Jolenta. Mm-hmm. So proud of you for making the cut. And I'm sure you rock the hell out of it.
1: Oh my gosh, Emily. There's another picture I will be posting, I promise. The buzz cut is... It's a look. Uh, I was happy. <laughs> I recently went to a new doctor's office where they, they hadn't met me before. And I was saying some joke about, like, well, this is why my hair is like this, like, and having them look at my, you know, s- scalp lesions. Uh, but one of the doctors was like, oh, I didn't know this, like, wasn't your normal look. I just thought, like, you rocked a cool look. And I was like, "Ugh, yay. It's happening. I'm I'm wearing it enough that it looks like my own. So, like... It's fun. It's fun. Changing your hair is always fun, even if it's in a shitty circumstance.
2: You're just like Mad Max now. You're kicking ass. You're a little bit Joan Jett. I would say there's a lot of
1: like Sinead O'Connor and G.I. Jane references happening in my house.
2: You're looking good. I gotta say, you look great.
1: It looks fun, right?
2: Yeah, I think you look great.
1: Um, But can we talk about cookies now?
2: Yes, cookies, oatmeal raisins. (laughs) Uh,
1: Some people wrote in about Kristen's nana's cookies. Melanie says. Kristen, like you, I have so many fond memories of my grandmother's cooking and baking. And like you, I'm not much of a chef myself. But one thing I've done that's made me feel more connected to my grandma is to make one of her recipes once a year on her birthday or Christmas, which was her favorite holiday, or even on just some random day because I'm thinking of her. It's a low-pressure, once-a-year sort of way to remember and celebrate her. Of course, I still think about her the other 364 days of the year, but I feel no pressure to get into the kitchen on those days.
2: I love that. Mm -hmm. Melanie, that is such a good idea. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I I almost love the randomly just choose a day. Mm-hmm. Like I wake up today and feel like making cookies. I kind of like that because it's even less pressure than like doing a Christmas or birthday bake. Right, um, right. But that is really sweet. I and might need to copy that, Melanie. So low pressure.
1: Setting. <laughs> I like actually setting a goal. And goals don't have to be insane, but just like something to hit, but also know like you're off the hook. You don't need to like obsessed over missing the person or like, am I mourning the right way? You're like, no, I have my rituals and the way I like remember. And I love it.
2: Oh, so great. You you, can make me your
1: Nana's cookie any day of the year.
2: Oh, watch out. Watch out. I'm going to be there with three dozen cookies, whether you like it or not. (laughs) All right. We're going to take another quick break. But when we come back, we're going to hear some of the things that you're grateful to have inherited from loved ones and, of course, we'll announce next week's book.
1: We're back, and now we are going to read just a few of the many, many replies we got about things that you are grateful you have inherited from loved ones.
2: Yes, I love this one so much from Candace. She wrote on Twitter, Kristen, I have a grandma ring, too. It was a ring she had asked my grandfather to buy for her. He told her, no, she wasn't worth it. So she saved up money and bought it for herself. I call it the fuck you ring. Added bonus, it fits my middle finger.
1: <laughs> yes, love a middle yes. finger ring. My mom Candace calls Grandma, it, yes. Yeah, my mom <laughs> calls those a fuck you ring.
2: Nice, just like Candace does. Love it.
1: <laughs> Kristen, I think you and I can both appreciate this. Kate says, I inherited my grandmother's vintage Pyrex nesting bowls, a wedding gift to her and my grandfather in 1948. All of my memories from her house involve her whisking something up in them, and now I use them to cook for my daughter. We have her crystal and china packed up still, but the everyday items are so much more meaningful to me somehow. Oh, Ugh. yes. Pyrex I totally bowls feel are bad. so sexy. I cannot imagine what ones from 1948 look like.
2: I can because I have some of my nanas. I was
1: going to say, I feel like you're a Pyrex girl, Kristen. I and am. I'm I have so, so much Pyrex. Oh, yeah. So a good. lot of it's
2: from my nana. And um, my favorite one is a tiny little hot dish mm-hmm. um, that uh, she used to make a separate hot dish for me from the rest Stop of the family's it. hot don't, dish. That really that makes had, me
1: want to cry. I, I love that that little That had
2: no things. onions in it because she knew I hated yeah, onions so much growing onions. up. So I have my own little hot dish pan. Oh, my God.
1: Anywho,
2: I'm sorry. I don't want to make you cry. No, but, it's, yeah.
1: I don't know. You know how things are. <laughs> that is just so precious. Plus, I just love little things. like.
2: Oh, It's so great. I love it. I love it. Love the Pyrex. Thank you, Kate, for that. Ferris says, I'm in the process of helping my dad downsize to an apartment, and we found my grandpa's World War II bomber jacket, and it fits me. I am delighted. I plan to restore it and cherish it. I don't have or want kids, but I hope I can pass this on to one of my nephews someday.
1: That is such a sick find.
2: And Ferris also, by the way, posted a photo in this bomber jacket. It is so great. Is it, it's it's on, on, our on our Facebook, Facebook community. on the Facebook
1: group? Okay, yeah. I need to if check that out. If you're not in out. the group,
2: remember, it's facebook.com slash groups slash btb pod. People posted so many great pictures for this.
1: Uh, we got one last note to hit, and it's from Nicole, who says, I have a few things that I've inherited from loved ones that are very meaningful to me. But I've told my daughters, who are 13 and 10 right now, that I forbid them from feeling like they need to keep anything that I found special. Nicole, Interesting.
2: That, is, that is the ultimate gift to your children. Mm-hmm. Your children should not feel like they have to be burdened with things that mean nothing to like them. Like my mom was obsessed
1: with this vase that I've hated since she brought it in, <laughs> even though it's a billion-year-old antique. Like, oh my gosh, being let off the hook for like valuing it would be awesome. Yeah.
2: That is such a gift you're giving your kids, Nicole. That is what Swedish death cleaning is all about.
0: Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm.
2: Huge thanks to everybody who wrote in this week, whether it was on Twitter, on Facebook, by email, uh, by voicemail. We so appreciate everybody who shared their stories and shared their photos. So did it all. We really, really appreciate it. So thank you, everyone.
1: Kristen, let's shift some gears and get down to business because it's time. It's time to announce next week's book.
2: Our Our next next book book is... is... Homebody, A Guide to Creating Spaces You Never Want to Leave by Joanna Gaines.
1: Never wanting to leave sounds extreme, but I'm intrigued. (laughs) But
2: who knows? Maybe the spaces we create will be so good, they'll meet our every single need.
1: Like like a place to go to the bathroom, like a toilet. Like every space I create will have a place for me to go potty.
2: I, I'd be into that. You know I got to pee all the time. It's I true. The time. You're the pee queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen next week to find out.
1: So that's it for our mini episode huge thank you to our amazing production team at stitcher daisy rosario brandon Nix, and andy christens thanks also to nate vida who composed our theme song and to the rizzo's who perform it
2: please stay in touch let us know if you've read the gentle art of swedish death cleaning also send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by
1: our email address is kristenangelenta@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at ByTheBookPod, at Jalenta G or at Kristen Meinser. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can hit us up at 30249-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657.
2: And if you haven't already, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen. It helps other people find the show and, you know, not only find it, but see, look at all those stars. Mm-hmm. Those stars are great. Mm-hmm. I need to be I need to be listening to those stars.
1: Basically, those stars are like claps and we are like Tinkerbell and we need them to live.
2: <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show.
1: Tell a Swedish person about the show.
2: Tell someone who is cleaning and doesn't want to be cleaning anymore about the
1: show. Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg.
2: And I'm Kristen Meinzer.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.
2: It's time to headbang. Ah, death, Sweden. Yeah. Um, people mentioned that they expected Swedish death metal. In this I was going totally to say, I totally
1: forgot about Swedish death metal. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Stitcher.